Welcome to episode 533 of Salcedo Paranormal. And tonight I am sharing true paranormal stories on the web. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S A L S I D O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord, or if you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds, or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP, Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing these shows and putting them up on the station as you hear them with all the music at the beginning and the end of each episode there. And um, if you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others. And rate and review it on your favorite um, podcast platform. And uh, also I have some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books you can check out over on Amazon. And I have a Patreon page uh, where you can find one extra True Paranormal Stories from the Web episode every month for all membership tier levels there. And um, so, and of course, that's just a monthly uh, subscription to that uh, for either one five ten or twenty dollars there um so looking forward to hopefully some people uh, signing up for that at some point um just uh to help out the show uh if you don't want to do that you can always um just send a one-time donation through paypal as well and uh, help is never expected but especially these days always appreciated um as i i'm on a fixed income i'm legally blind and there are expenses in making these shows from um, equipment to research materials to, uh, in some cases, travel expenses. And um, so, yeah, I think that covers everything for now. Um, we are back to doing two, two of the True Paranormal Stories from the Web episodes per week. And then for now, it'll be two of the book review episodes. So looking forward to that. And... Um, and then we will be getting back to the Haunted Places in the U.S. series again at some point, as soon as I'm able to um, get all the research done for Alaska. Um, I'm going to do that just whenever I feel up to it, and hoping to start that soon. And, uh, yeah, so that'll be fun to get back into that. Uh, that'll just sort of be an on-again, off-again series whenever I get everything together for each state. So um, thank you all for being here. I see you all there in the chat uh, and, and in the, the stream. Um, the, the audience area there, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm right. I think that's it. So I can get to the uh, stories now. So let's see here. This first one says, "I am the co-owner of a farmhouse that is haunted by a ghost named C." And of course, I never use names in these shows, as some of you may have know from pre previous stories. So. That's why I'm using an initial there. Uh, I learned the ghost's name from a woman 
interested in viewing the house. She revealed that her father and grandfather built the house in 1900. And her grandmother, C, loved it deeply. C had to relocate, but passed away while away from the house. And her spirit supposedly returned to the house. My uncle, residing in the house initially, heard doors closing at night with no one else uh, present. This happened multiple times. Later, we rented out the house without disclosing any incidents. The tenants heard distinct sounds of someone uh, walking in the attic, forcefully slamming doors with a uh, retracing pattern. But there were no, were not, excuse me, there aren't any doors in the attic and haven't been for some time. My grandparents moved in and claimed not to hear anything unusual. My uncle, staying in what is believed to be C's former bedroom, experienced tapping on the window throughout the night. But nothing outside was close enough to touch the window. C would sometimes focus her gaze on my uncle and call out his name. Recently, I had a dream on New Year's Day where C revealed the reason for keeping my uncle awake at night. I shared the dream with him, who, and he later heard his name being called out of nowhere while everyone else was asleep. I know this may, all may sound strange or even impossible, but everything I have described here really did happen. And that's the end of that story. Uh, I always think it's amazing when you have accounts like that where the people involved are pretty sure they know who it is. Uh, I wonder with that, is it also, is, are there feel, some kind of um, senses or feelings attached to that? Is that how they know? Uh, and, and or some kind of a telepathic communication um, between the people there and then the spirit uh, or entity or whoever it might be? Um, I wonder about that as well. Also, the doors opening and closing in the footsteps, that sounds almost like it could be a residual thing. That might, may or may not be the same thing as, um, as C. If it's, especially if there's doors open, um, if there's no doors up there, but people are hearing the sounds of doors opening and closing. I wonder if, um, if there ever were doors up in that, attic at one point and that could also be in some cases maybe some kind of a time anomaly some kind of a time uh overlap where they were they were hearing um into another time when there was doors there as usual a lot of possibilities with all these um these experiences so but yeah the ones where, where the people are pretty sure they know who it is are always amazing to me because, uh, especially when there's not a lot of sightings of anyone, it doesn't sound like here there's a lot of sightings of anyone. But if there is some kind of contact, um, mental telepathic uh, contact, 
then they wouldn't need to, and really just sightings of a woman, they, they would have no way of knowing that was that one, um, the grandmother of uh, the people that used to live there. They would have no, no way of knowing. Excuse me, my nose is bothering me a little bit again. Um, who it is. So that is, um, again, I always wonder with that. I don't doubt it because I think, um, again, I think that kind of a contact, that telepathic um, contact, uh, contact and or just the ability to pick up on information from other times, I think that is a possibility. So, um, so yeah, neat story there. So one moment here and I'll, I'll get to the next story. And we'll keep going here. All right. This next one says, My family has a history with strange experiences. This happened when I was around 13 and my sister was around 15. We lived in a two-story house with our mother and her boyfriend. My mother, my mother and boyfriend's room was downstairs while my sister and I had rooms upstairs. It was around 10 p.m. when this happened. My sister was in her room on the phone. I was in my room watching TV. My sister asked me to shut her bedroom door, which I did. Later, while going to the bathroom, I saw my sister in the living room downstairs. I thought that it was weird, as my sister's, I'm sorry, as my bedroom door was open, and I didn't hear or see my sister leave her room after I had closed the door. Later, I heard my sister call again, but when I checked, my sister denied calling and was still in her room. I looked back downstairs and saw an identical figure of my sister. It had the same hair, outfit, posture, and everything. My sister downstairs didn't respond, and the voice from my sister's room said she didn't call. The figure downstairs looked up at me and smiled. The face looked off somehow. I locked my door and avoided going to my sister even when she called. For the rest, uh, for me, for the rest of that night. Three years later, my family moved out, and I never saw the figure again. I never shared the experience with my sister or mother either. And that's where that one ends. That one is creepy. Um, doppelganger of some kind, mimic. Um, I wonder if it had the same voice. I mean, it sounds like it did as well. And then just you wonder with those why, what is the reason? Is it to get attention, to get that fear energy from the person? Um, it doesn't sound like it was the sister sort of astral projecting or bilocating. It does sound like it was some other entity posing as the sister. Uh, but then... It didn't do anything else other than maybe call for her, for the writer there and just 
sort of sit there and then look at them. And um, so I don't know with that. Um, definitely seems like who or whoever it was or whatever it was, it was um, looking for attention and it knew somehow. But then what I wonder with that too is how did the, the, um, the sister not hear the voice calling the writer? And of course, I say that, but there are plenty of stories of two people in the same location, one hearing something, and the other not. And so then is it, again, telepathic contact somehow? Um, hard to say with that. But um, amazing story, and I mean, I'm glad nothing else happened, and I'm, I'm glad they moved out. At least that took care of that. Seems like it, it handled that situation. So then was that entity, was it sort of just passing through and it uh, just stopped by the house one time or was it, was it always there? And so when they moved, it didn't really follow for whatever reason. And that's why there was never another experience like that. And um, these ones are tricky because you do hear accounts of people who see people they know who act normal and don't, give off that off or, or creepy vibe. So this one is, of course, one of the other variety where they do. Um, but also, I don't know if that necessarily means whatever the entity is, I don't know if that means it's evil. Um, maybe not the best, obviously, if you're sort of scaring people. But also there's that trickster element as well. So, And not all, again, trickster encounters and in, in terrible things like you would see in the movies and the TV shows and all those things. So, yeah, I don't know with that one. But um, I, I I was hoping it was going to be more of a astral projection or bilocation thing. But there are other entities out there that seem to be able to copy appearances and, and sounds, um, even if they seem a little bit off. So I wonder if the voice seemed off or not, and it just the writer just didn't notice, or um, <clears throat> I don't know. I wonder about that. If the appearance is off, then I guess I would feel like the, the voice should be off, but maybe not. But, um, yeah, I think that's all I have for that one. So move on to the next one here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, keep going. Let's see here. Okay. This one says, I am a 23-year-old female. This happened when I was 9 or 10 years old. I woke up in the middle of the night. My lamp was still on. Reaching over to turn it off, I noticed a girl with blonde shoulder-length hair, blue overalls, and a brown shirt. The girl was smiling and waving next to my air mattress bed. I made eye contact with the girl for about five seconds before, before feeling terrified. The girl appeared very clear with details like lines in her teeth and focused eyes. I turned back over in my bed and hid under the blanket. Eventually, I fell asleep. After that, I had difficulty sleeping in the room for weeks. And that's where that one ends. It's a, it's a shorter one. But um, 
Yeah, that is an odd one. I feel bad because I wonder, again, some of these apparitions, I don't think that all of them always mean to cause fear in people. Um, it doesn't say it was like a, a malicious or like an evil or twisted smile. Uh, it doesn't say like that. And they were waving. This girl was waving at what was at the time another girl, uh, another young girl. So I don't feel like all the time it's these evil entities trying to get attention. Um, or even just neutral, like the last one. Um, or anywhere in the middle there. But so I don't know with this one who that was or why they were there. I wonder. Um, it's odd that there was no leading up to it. Uh, there was no sound. But then again, that happens. Sometimes there is no sound with these events. And um, so, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. But um, sounds like an apparition of some kind, but a solid one. And, um, yeah, so really amazing sighting there. I wonder what the history of the location is, um, if there was ever any other events before or after. And uh, that's the thing with these stories. You just get whatever they give you, and there's no way to know uh, unless they say. But, um, but yeah, I really do feel like a lot of these sightings, obviously they can be frightening, even if the, the, the people or entities themselves don't mean to be. And if someone is just there that just materialized, that, um, that can be frightening. So I don't blame anyone for being afraid of that um even with the first experience i had with my cousin uh now i look back at it and i mean we were frightened but i don't feel like it was evil i think it was just someone that was there that sort of i think at that point maybe they had been either if there was a spirit they, they had been a spirit for a while and they sort of knew what they were capable of doing. Um, and so they appeared the way they did, which, again, for anyone that hasn't heard, my first sighting that I can remember for sure anyway um, happened when I was about 14, 15, around there. And my cousin around, was around 10 or 11. And I guess I'll fill up the last of the show here with the story and um, tie back into that last one. Um, and they had the family had just moved into the house, and so um, it was my my aunt and uncle and two daughters, and then their son, which is the one I was there to visit. And so they had just moved into this house, and uh, still unpacking and everything. And so the first night that I went to visit there, because I used to go there, I used to go to visit him, uh, a good two to three weekends out of every month, sometimes even four, if there was nothing going on. And um, that lasted for really up until I was 18, 19, around there. Um, used to visit a lot. And so this first night of this house, my, there was a couch bed in the basement. So my cousin decided we would just sleep down there because we were kids at the time. And um, it was a big bed. So my cousin was not quite as big as me. So um, there's plenty of room. And... Uh, so we were just sitting on the bed talking, and we saw him look back into the corner of the basement. We had the the light on above us and the light by the stairs on. 
but all the lights were the kind that you had to pull a string to turn on or off. So they were an individually operated lights. And um, so the back corner where all the plumbing and electricity and stuff was at was dark. And they had clotheslines strung up along the the rafters and the between the poles and everything, the support poles in the basement. With um, so they had these clotheslines strung up, and they had sheets hanging from some of them. And um, they uh, so we were looking into the back of the basement, and we were looking directly at one of these sheets and these clotheslines. And we noticed just the head of an older woman above this clothesline. And, um, but there was nothing on the floor anywhere near the clothesline. There was no feet. And there was nothing for anyone to stand on to be there. And of course, these clotheslines are up near the ceiling. So, good six feet or probably five and a half, six feet or more. And um, so we knew it wasn't a regular person. So, and she was just glaring at us, and I could see her in detail. So I, I'm pretty sure now that she was sort of projecting her image into, at the very least, in my mind. I don't know about my cousin's mind for sure, but definitely mine, because of course I'm legally blind and extremely nearsighted, so I can never see anything in detail that far away. But I was able to see this this older woman and um, glasses and everything and hair kind of um, styled and everything. And she was just glaring at us like, who are you and what are you doing here? And so at the time, we were terrified. And um, so much so that we probably weren't thinking clearly. We should have just gotten out of there and gone upstairs. But we didn't do that. And there's a lot more to that story. But I mean a lot, not a lot more. But the point is, now when I look back at that, I don't think that she was evil, whoever or whatever she was. I think it was literally it was just the, we, we just the, what the sense that we got, which was, who are you people, and what are you doing here? As in, like this is my house, or at least I live here anyway. And um, so, yeah, going back to that last story, it could just be something, again, either with time going on where there's an overlap in time, or it could be the spirit of a, of a, a person that um, maybe unfortunately passed. But also with that, you never know, because I've heard plenty of accounts of people when after they pass, not so much going all the way back to them when they were a kid, but I guess it's not impossible of um, people appearing younger than they were when they passed. And so if it's a location that they just like to, like to be at, and they have a lot of good memories there, it may not always be that they're stuck in a location, and especially if that was the only sighting in that location. So, again, this is why it's sort of a double-edged sword. It's amazing because we can talk about this and because there are so many variables but then also it's confusing because there are so many variables in what all this could be so but um 
think that's all the time we have for this episode. And I will talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.